the heart of the River Kingdoms lies an old Pathfinder Lodge, once thought lost. A lodge shrouded in secrecy and mystery, driving many to believe that its goals are not that of exploration, but of more nefarious purposes. Recently, an unknown venture captain has reopened the lodge and recruited a new group of Pathfinder agents to do its bidding. Whether their goals are to benefit the society or something much more sinister is yet to be seen. Welcome to Tales from the Black Lodge. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat Tales from the Black Lodge. I'm your GM and host, Steven Glicker, and in this week's episode, I will introduce you to Tales from the Black Lodge, our new episodic podcast. I'll give you an overview of what to expect every week, and what to expect from the podcast in general. First of all, what is Tales from the Black Lodge? Well, as I said before, it's an episodic podcast. Unlike our other podcasts where we've been playing one long adventure, such as our Dead Sons podcast where we've been playing the Dead Sons Adventure Path for over two and a half years, or even our Plague Stone podcast where we played one adventure for seven months, this is going to have small episodic adventures that will take approximately three to five episodes to listen to from start to finish. Each of these adventures we are calling Tales. Each tale will have a beginning, middle, and end, and as I said, within a period of about a month, you should be able to listen to the entire thing. As for how we're doing this, we're using a system called Pathfinder Society. For those of you unfamiliar with Pathfinder Society, well, first of all, I would say look it up. Just go to paizo.com and look up Pathfinder Society. You'll find out lots of information there. But Pathfinder Society is this amazing organization where two adventures are released every single month, each adventure is approximately five hours long, and each adventure is self-contained. The cool thing about these adventures is that they take place all over the world of Galarian, and since they're all standalone, they can encounter parts of the world or use systems and mechanics that you might never see or encounter monsters that are super rare because these are such small adventures, they can really go out on a limb and do crazy things, which means you get to listen to some fun adventures. Another thing that's extremely important to learn about Pathfinder Society is that anyone who's in Pathfinder Society and has a character can play with anyone else. It's balanced in such a way that you can just go to a convention, bring your character, and as long as you play with someone else who's within one level of you, you can all play together. So that's right, you can play one adventure, and maybe you could have a party of five bards, or a party of four fighters, or a party of six barbarians. It doesn't matter. The adventure should more or less be balanced for almost any type of party. So where does the Black Lodge come in? Well, something about Pathfinder Society is that there's this concept of lodges. And lodges are like chapter houses, and they're throughout the world. In this case, the world of Galarian. And each one of these lodges has what's called a venture captain, and they're in charge of the lodge. All you just need to know is that each lodge is in its own part of the world, and they have their own traditions and members and so forth. Some of the lodges, such as the old Shadow Lodge, are a little bit nefarious in their purposes, and other lodges might be dedicated to wealth. Some of them might be dedicated to adventuring and exploring. Some of them might be dedicated to just knowledge, or some of them might be dedicated to stamping out evil, and so forth. Each lodge has its own mantra and main goals, if you will. We have introduced a new lodge into the world of Galarian, 
and that is called the Black Lodge. Now, I must emphasize very strongly, this is not official Paizo content in any way, shape, or form. Everything we're going to be doing within the Society Adventures themselves, those are all Society legal, and those are going to be using the rules put forth by Pathfinder Society and Paizo. However, anything to do with the Black Lodge is all flavor. That is all being done by me and me alone at Roll for Combat. None of this is official. None of the stuff that you're going to see inside any of the official rules from Paizo or Pathfinder Society, at least not yet. And right now, we're just doing this for fun. So now that you know how lodges work and you know how Pathfinder Society work, how does the podcast work? Well, we have four official lodge members that you're going to be listening to more or less week to week. And that's going to be John Stats, Jason McDonald, Chris Beamer, and Seth Lipton. They're what we call our four regulars. And then every week, we're going to try to have at least one special guest star. Sort of like the love boat, if you remember that, back in the day. Where you would have a regular cast, and then every week you'd have these special guest stars that would come in and mix around the action. The beautiful thing about Pathfinder Society is because it's designed to bring people in and out, we could very easily do this. In fact, I have a new show every week with entirely new PCs, and it would work perfectly. But for all intents and purposes, we're going to have a standard crew whenever possible, and then mix and match new people in each adventure. As I said, the adventures themselves, which we're calling Tales, will run approximately one a month. Each of these tales is going to be using the rules from Pathfinder Society, and will be Pathfinder Society legal. All the role-playing and world-building about the Lodge and details about the Lodge that you will hear, perhaps during play and in-between sessions, that is unofficial content and has nothing to do with Paizo, and is just here for fun. As for what is the Black Lodge, what are its goals, what are its intentions, where does it come from? Well, that's something we're going to learn over time. As of now, all you need to know is the following, that the Black Lodge is mysterious. It seems to only come into existence when needed, and to become a member of the Black Lodge, no one knows exactly how that happens. Whether one is invited, or whether one is tasked to the Black Lodge, it is unknown. But over the course of time, you'll learn much more about the Black Lodge, its inner workings, what its goals are, and perhaps even, maybe, who its venture captain is. As of right now, that is a mystery that no one seems to know. Not knowing the venture captain of one's own lodge is extremely unusual, although not unheard of. It has happened before in the past, but in this case, nobody has any idea who is in charge of the Black Lodge, what the Black Lodge truly represents, or even where it is. For finding the Black Lodge is a mystery upon itself. As for the tales themselves, one of the nice advantages of Pathfinder Society is that we get two adventures a month. That means I have a huge amount of adventures to choose from, and I get to pick and choose what I feel are the best adventures to run for my crew. I'm going to be running a wide variety of adventures. Some are going to be heavy role-playing, some are going to be heavy combat, some will be heavy puzzle-solving, but none of them will be boring, that much I promise you. The first adventure, which is this adventure, is 1-07, Flooded King's Court. I've run this one a few times so far, and I find this is one of my favorite adventures to date. One thing I'm shocked about this adventure is that it requires a heavy dose of role-playing, and not just role-playing, but really deep role-playing in the very beginning of the adventure. And I would have never guessed in a million years that this group of guys would ever do heavy role-playing. Not only do they do heavy role-playing in this session, but they go into it 
with such abandon that I had to muffle myself from crying I was laughing so hard. But our pain is your pleasure. So with that, let's get to the very first tale from Tales from the Black Lodge. You have arrived at Absalon, the city at the center of the world and home of the Grand Lodge of Pathfinder Society. However, being members of the secretive Black Lodge, you are not meeting your contact at the Grand Lodge. Instead, you have been directed to meet your contact in an alleyway deep within the Puddles District. You all know the history of the Puddles District. Back in 4698 AR, a tremendous earthquake rocked Absalon, and the district now known as the Puddles took some of the greatest damage. This section is sinking noticeably and is continuing to slowly do so, with its streets now lying well below the high tide mark. Because it floods daily, the property values have sunk faster than the streets, and currently the Puddles boasts only a volunteer guard force and attracts the city's impoverished and troublemakers. Any meeting in the puddles is most likely bad news, as the district is the perfect hunting ground for those wishing to prey on the weak and an ideal breeding ground for criminals and addicts. All you know about your contact is an address, a time, and that they would be wearing all black. You are currently in the puddles district. It is early morning and you're near your meeting spot. But before we begin, why don't we introduce our Pathfinders to everybody? Who do we have playing today? Hi there, my name is John Stats, and I'll be playing Mr. Peepers, who is a level one halfling rogue. He specializes in swords, and he uses two of them to jump out of the shadows. Mr. Peepers has earned the sterling reputation of finding trouble where there shouldn't be any. Cheerful in disposition and easily bored, he has no sense of self-preservation or regard for uptight concepts like ownership. In his mind, anything unattended is obviously being squandered and in the wrong hands. He considers himself a humble person, for fame only seems to work against him. He does not think it's boastful to say that he's been the sole survivor of several renowned expeditions. Mr. Peepers leaves a legacy of unfinished business and forgotten quests. He is able to find groups easier outside of his homeland, and so enjoys exploring new exotic locations, until things get so crazy that he has to move on again. He is happiest when he is starting over with a clean slate, and his favorite toast is to his new friends! Uh, hi, I'm uh, Jason McDonald. I am playing Nella Amberleaf, a uh, half-elf druid. She kind of grew up in a frontier town, you know, leading hunting parties and expeditions through the forest, putting her druid and outdoorsy skills to use before deciding she wanted to get more involved in the outside world and trying to make connections with the path with the pathfinder society to put her skills to better use and her skills are you know she if she's an expert in anything it's you know nature and eventually she's going to start turning into all sorts of cool creatures all right so my name is seth lipton or i'm a festeros fellai on the social media and i will be playing nix nox nix nox is a creation 
He appears to be a goblin, and he is from goblin stock, but the insane magic user, insane wizard that crafted him, infused him with the uh, elements of the elemental plane of fire. And that is where he gets his sorceress bloodline from. Nixnox spent many years as a servant slash pet of this uh, unnamed wizard who he only knew as Master. Uh, performing all kinds of nefarious tasks for him and sometimes uh, leaving the tower to go to local cities to uh, uh, interact with the underworld there to get uh, items for his master's experiments. Then one day his master was gone. Nixox was alone in the tower with nothing but the, with the other guardians and other servants for company. And years passed. For Nixnox, it was a lifetime. But in reality, it was probably only, probably only like a couple of months. And then one day, adventurers came. Adventurers who, who heard of the wizard's disappearance and decided to investigate the tower. They fell prey quickly to the guardians and the traps, but Nixnox, having a strange uh, interest or affinity or attraction to these uh, bold, brave adventurers, decided to assist them and uh, change his life forever. He used his healing powers to was to save their lives uh, after they barely escaped. And in gratitude, these members of the Pathfinder Society granted him a uh, commission on the spot to join their order. Uh, since that time, uh, he has integrated himself into the Pathfinder Society and uh, joined the Black Lodge. Uh, he is by nature neutral, but of extremes. He is lawful good to his friends and allies, chaotic evil to his enemies. He looks nefarious and evil, but is also often kind. Uh, he, unlike any goblin, enjoys reading and loves dogs, which, make, which makes him quite the surprise for most people who know anything about goblins. Uh, though, it is often for people to not see him at all, because he clings to the shadows, furtively dodging from one cover to another, and often you never even see him, just hear his voice, and then all of a sudden, there he is. My name is Chris Beamer, I am playing Thorgrim Stoutbrew, the Dwarven Champion Redeemer. Thorgrim Stoutbrew had little memory of his early life as it was rough and tumble. Like many dwarves of his clan, he was trained in the ways of blacksmithing and mining. As a young man, he grew up with a group of prospectors surveying possible digging sites when they were attacked by a party of bandits. Most of his fellow dwarves were killed in the melee. Thorgrim, however, was one of the lucky ones, if you can call it that, and he was spared and taken prisoner. Treated poorly and forced to march an eternity away from his tranquil home, he ended up being sold into slavery to a craftsman in the city of Cantaria, Archduchy of Menador, which of course is located in the heart of the diabolical lands of Cheliax. From bad to worse, life was hard. Dwarves have little place in Chalice society, and even halfling slaves are more valued for their engineering and architecture accomplishments. Thorgrim, however, proved himself to be an accomplished blacksmith and made profits for his master. Having access to all of the arms and armor he created, Thorgrim's inner rage made him proficient in all martial skills. One morning, a band of adventurers traveling under the banner of Pathfinders came to make purchases at Thorgrim's master's shop. Impressed by the quality of the wares, they sought out the maker. One young cleric of Iomede took special interest in Thorgrim's plight. Using the resources of the Pathfinder Society, they were able to secrete Thorgrim out of slavery and travel away from the hellish lands of Cheliax. On their travels to Absalom, the cleric of Iomede trained Thorgrim in the tenets of the religion. 
by the time they arrived, he was converted and pledged his oath to fight for justice and honor. In appreciation for facilitating his freedom, Thorgrim also pledged his service to the Pathfinder Society and joined its ranks as a fledgling Radiant Oath champion. And special guest, Vanessa Hoskins. Hello, everyone. I'm Vanessa, and I'm going to be playing retired Captain Millicent Stonebrook. Uh, she's a retired captain from the Harbor Watch in Absalom, and uh, after retiring with a nice hefty pension, she raised her children, found herself in retirement without anything to do. Uh, so she decided she's going to see the world and become a Pathfinder and put some of those rusty old skills to use as she picks up her, her trusty maul and old longsword and gets right back out there. She is a uh, hefty woman uh, with a broad shoulders and barrel chest standing at an impressive six foot one inches tall. Uh, and she uh, has a hearty enough laugh as well, as well as a, a great matronly attitude toward all her fellow Pathfinders as they are often wide eyed, young and eager to adventure. That's awesome. Clap, clap, golf clap. Excellent. So while you are in the city of Absalon and walking towards the puddles, you have a little bit of time to talk to each other, figure out who's going to be doing what. One thing I do want to go through real quick is, since you are all members of Pathfinder Society, what are your one or two or zero consumables that you will get from your swords, spells, and so forth? I have only my beautiful smile. Mm. Is it is it beautiful, though? It is. I'm, I'm actually like one of those jabber teeth, uh, sharp tooth, razor tooth goblins. And so I actually have, I have, I have a bite <laughs> attack. <laughs> oh, nice. So Nyx Knox is a field agent, so he gets nothing. What about the rest of you? Thorgrim is a Radiant Oath. Um, he's got two in swords, one in spells, and he has a minor healing potion and a potency crystal, because I hear they're good. Well, you, you get two items if you put all three into one school. Oh, I thought you got, if you put one in one school, you get... It just opens more availability. So if you have swords and scrolls, then that gives you more things to choose from, which is great. Um, but if you lessen your gotcha. options by putting it all into one... All right, so then that will be a minor healing potion. Okay, so you will get one minor healing potion. What about? Where are you reading this from? Is this uh, in the core rulebook? It is no, in... it's it's on the organizedplayfoundation.org website, which runs all of Pathfinder Society. Uh, if you go there, you'll find a PFS 2nd Edition Player Basics, and that talks about the point systems and the schools and how that all works out. It's also in Hero Lab. So yeah, so if you put all three in one thing, uh, then you get two items. You get one equal up to equal to your level, and then a second one for half your level, minimum one. So first level, you still get right. two first level items, which can be from either your schools list or the all schools item list. If you are three points in one thing. If you put all three in one thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Which, in fact, I did. I decided to go full swords and uh, all three points in swords. So I'm getting one potency crystal and one healing potion. Fantastic. Uh, Mama Millicent also put all three of her points in swords. So she is going to be picking up a potency crystal and a minor healing potion. Yeah, same thing with uh, Mr. Peeper's lesser healing potion. Actually, no, minor healing potion and the, the crystal, I guess. All the cool kids are doing it. 
Yeah, if everyone's to, doing crystal. If someone wants to give me their crystal, I will gladly accept as a charity to the church. I will put it in the trade window. Oh, cannot trade. Soul bound. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Anyhow, you continue to the address in the Puddles District. As you know, the Puddles District sinks nearly every night as the tide comes in. It's continuously wet. It smells of seafood and seaweed and fish. It sort of always stinks in this place. It always seems a little bit too hot and steamy, even when it's cold. And you trudge up to the address where you were told to meet your contact, but there's no one there. Mm. Is that this house that says 30 feet? Yes. Oh, they all say that. house right there. (laughs) Inside we're supposed to meet? No, you're been told to meet outside and that the person would be wearing all black. That is all you know. I am going to be in... Are we in exploration mode? Yeah, you're just sort of looking around. You guys just sort of... I'm going to circle the... uh, quiet around here. Anybody want to sneak around this house? Yeah, I'll go with you. I won't sneak, though. All right, like, this is a good, <laughs> oh, this is a good yeah. time to actually talk about, like, my stuff is, my my furtively going from shadow to shadow, that's actually literal. Like, that's actually technical. It's not just a narrative. Like, uh, uh, so I am very, very sneaky, and I also have the experienced smuggler uh, uh, feet. And uh, so effectively... Like uh, my, my default is unless I'm doing unless I'm saying something else, and, and, and unless it's just impossible because there's no cover effectively within 45 feet of any other cover. Uh, all of my rounds, I'm I'm hi- I'm hiding and sneaking from one cover to another to stay unobserved. Millicent tries to keep her eyes on you, and then she trains her eyes on the area around her. I hate the puddles. They tried to transfer me to this dump twice. Told them I'd never come back here. Three years of training? Guess where they send me. It's bureaucracy. Always, they get it wrong. Well, where's this uh, contact of ours? Are we just going to stand around waiting to get mugged? All right, I'm going to go into stealth. I I declare that. There's nothing I can actually do. I just tell the GM that I'm stealthing, and I am going to do a clockwise movement and there's nothing that shows how fast i move in the eui not but, at this level i mean yeah we're you not stealth, you move at half speed counter and you just assume you don't know how well you're stealthing since it's all secret but i'll, right. cover, the, like I'll cover the front door here i feel right. like you're so stealthing that's... really well the only problem is there's water everywhere and puddles everywhere so it's very right. very hard to stealth without moving extremely slowly sure. because you're always going to be stepping in something that makes noise. Time is not a factor. So I showed you my path. I guess nothing's going around. What's up? Oh, there's a bird. So after a few minutes, a black raven lands at the top of this building in front of you. The raven looks at the five of you and starts to talk. Hmm? Good evening, fellow seekers of knowledge. This society has been presented with a unique opportunity, and I think you're just the ones to help out. As you've likely heard, Absalon has recently become the home of a group of goblin refugees, displaced by the Whispering Tyrant's armies. They've settled in the puddles, 
quite content to live in some of the abandoned buildings here. We've also learned from Zira Al Shinari, a mudraker in the puddles, that the goblins have been digging around in the basement of the old playhouse that belonged to the Greater Absalon Performing Arts Guild. Absalon citizens are generally open-minded, and the goblins appear, at least for now, to be content in the puddles. They have proven to be surprisingly good neighbors, even considering the rough and tumble nature of this district. The goblins' leader is Zuzgut, a chieftain who aided the surviving paladins and knights of Oldsman in the retreat from Last Wall. Styling himself as the Goblin King of Absalon, he's endeavored to carve out opportunities for his brethren, while also reveling in his new celebrity. The Goblin inhabitants have also begun modifying the building to suit their needs. In the process, they stumbled across some manner of beast that they could not defeat, but instead managed to seal it away. With the local guards, the muckrakers, unwilling to help, we have the perfect opportunity to step in and learn something new about the history of Absalon. Several of our more experienced goblin pathfinders have been working hard to build inroads into the goblin community, and this has led to an offer by King Zuzkut to hear our plea. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to meet Zuzgut, explain that we wish his permission to explore beneath his playhouse, and then perform an initial exploration and assessment. You'll likely not have much time for exploration, given the tides probably flood the chambers below each day, but do your best. Oh wait, I almost forgot, and the bird kind of like cocks its head. Edno Klein of the Vigilant Seal is watching this mission very closely. He's worried about ancient evils being released into the world by Pathfinders and what they will do to the public's impression of us. While we know such things can't always be avoided, it would be best if you either destroyed anything dangerous that you find down there, or, if you must, bring it back to the Lodge for further study. Just make sure to be very discreet. As always, should any member of your team be caught or killed while performing dishonorable deeds, the society will disavow all knowledge of your actions. This bird will self-destruct in five seconds. Good luck, <laughs> Pathfinders. Uh, Nyx Knox would like to search his mind for his underworld lore to know if he actually has any personal contacts with people that he knows amongst the goblins or amongst this King Zub-Zub's retinue. The bird squawks and then disappears in a puff of feathers. Whether the bird <laughs> Does it actually self-destruct? Yeah, it self destructs. Whether it was real or imaginary, <laughs> you don't know. But that is your mission. I have to learn to do that. Um, <laughs> I ch I, uh, yeah, I choose to accept that. Nix Knox, you wish to search your brain if you know any information. And let me see. What is your society? Train plus five underworld lore. So one thing is I roll all these now since you do not know if your results are true or not. Yay! Okay, Nix Knox does a little bit of recalling, trying to figure out some information about this. You know that the Crooked Toes Goblins are led by Zuzgut, who you've heard is obsessed with performance and acting. You know that his tribe 
has taken over the old playhouse in the Puddles District. And you knew that no one wanted it because it's slowly sinking. And you hear he loves to put on plays day and night. As hmm. for knowing someone directly in the Crooked Toes tribe, you do not directly know anyone. Okay, cool. I keep that information myself. How uh, close are we to that place? Pretty close. Thorgrin knows something. Because Thorgrin has guild lore, correct? I do. You automatically know that the Playhouse was the home of the Greater Absalon Performing Arts Guild for over 50 years prior to the earthquake that shook the city 20 years ago. And during its heyday, it boasted frequent and very well-attended performances, and it had a particularly vibrant youth program. You know that automatically, being inversed in guild lore. I'll, I'll let everyone know that. Does anyone else wish to either A, spend a little bit of time doing some gather knowledge, which will take time that you probably don't have, but you can, or if you just wish to rack your brains of any um, society or lore you might have? Yeah, um, Mama Millicent will roll her legal lore to see if she knows if this goblin king of Absalom has any political power whatsoever or seat on the council, anything that we need to worry about. She's never heard of this goblin before. He's probably a king amongst his own tribe, but you did hear of a very valiant tribe of goblins who did help out during the Battle of Last Wall, so this must have been the same tribe. So that has definitely bought him a lot of respect. You don't know about power, but you definitely know that he's got a lot of respect from many members of Absalom. Well, actually, just knowing that, uh, he now has at least some of Mama Millicent's respect. Yeah, Thorgrim also respects that, because this is this is the direction he likes to see evil go. They're redeeming themselves. They're not being evil, and they're changing the perception of what a goblin can be. As I hope Nyxnox will prove, as I glance at Nyxnox, if I can see him in the shadow. Yeah, do you see me in the shadows? <laughs> Everyone <not>. sees you. <laughs> Mr. Peepers likes the exploding bird. Yes, I, I have heard of this battle. Does anyone else wish to try to figure out anything about this? As for I don't the, have any. Okay, it's not that. that far away. It's maybe about 15 minutes from here. The Puddles District is pretty uh, easy to get around since it's not very popular. I say we should treat this king with, with respect. He, he did great service to the forces of good in the retreat okay so a a voice from nowhere but i do not understand what exactly is our mission we're going to go under the playhouse oh we're actually first we got to get permission from the playhouse owner i believe and uh see if they'll let us uh make sure that it's clean no they said that they had trapped a beast and we have to investigate that uh, if this beast, the, the goblins cannot deal with it themselves, oh, yeah. we, we need to take care of it and right. be sure to not unleash horrific evils. So we well, let's slosh on over to the playhouse then. Right. So is we the go building there. to the right? Is that it? Or is it somewhere else? That's a bit. It's a bit further away. So as I said, you walk approximately like just 15 minutes and you go to where the playhouse is. The structure itself is roughly square-shaped. It measures about 120 feet on each side. 
There's a stone foundation that's in rather good condition considering the earthquake and the amount of flooding that occurs on a daily basis. The wooden walls are solid, but the exterior paint is mostly completely chipped away and most of the windows are broken with the wooden shingles like dangling and falling and rotting off. You also see creeping vines growing all over the building. Do you go in? Yes, I yeah. will go. I will lead the way. Yeah, right through the front door. We're expected. Hmm. I, e- even if we're not. Yeah, you little shorties, you better let me go first. Uh, Millicent is uh, She's going to keep her weapon sheathed, but she definitely keeps her one uh, spiked gauntleted fist clenched just in case. And she uh, slowly enters the building, looking around, expecting an ambush at any moment. You walk in, and it is not what you expect. If you expected an ambush, it's quite the opposite. Instead, you see flickering torches fail to fully illuminate the large auditorium within this mostly ruined playhouse. Hints of former beauty and majesty of the building are marred by the smell of mildew and ever-present water puddles everywhere. The northern end of the space is occupied by a raised stage, with a large chair that must have been used as a throne in a theatrical production long ago. The goblins move throughout the room, some gathered in small clusters, roasting food over open fires, others sleeping in what remains of the auditorium's chairs. On the crumbled balcony, a goblin choir rehearses, each member singing a different song, or perhaps it's the same song with different words, lyrics, and tempo. You can't tell. Goblin children chase each other around, their leashes dangling from their necks as they screech and shout. Occasionally, a a leash catches on a bit of furniture or rubble, bringing the wearer crashing to the ground while their companions laugh uproariously. From atop the throne, a voice rings out, cutting across the chaos, clear and articulated, although obviously still a goblin's. Ooh, what's this? Another group looking to throw their hats into the ring, as it were? Probably the Pathfinders I was expecting. There's an angry yell from a group of humans wearing armor and bearing sheathed weapons dimly visible near the stage. The goblin turns and addresses the interruption from the grousing warriors. Now, now, I never said anything about exclusive rights, did I? <laughs> so, Pathfinders, I'm sure you've heard about our trouble with the creature in the basement. What is it your organization is willing to do for my kingdom? And why should I let you go instead of these fine folks? He asks, gesturing to the four warriors in front of him. Do we recognize the four warriors at all? I will look. I have warfare lore and legal lore. I have society. Yeah, I know. I'm just looking the same. No, you don't recognize any of them. They appear to be mercenaries of some sort. They seem pretty rough and tumble. Are they, they Pathfinder, they're... though? No. They're oh. not Pathfinders. They're not Pathfinders. So the four mercenaries are standing around the king, talking to him, and they notice... Oh, the king you... isn't... There, okay. Gotcha. The king is, yeah, the king is there. He's the one wearing that crown. And there's also an older female goblin sitting next to him, sort of uh, talking to him as well in a hushed tone. Right. Uh, yeah, I'll move up a little also. 
Okay, so from there I say, uh, are we in the esteemed presence of King Zuggut? Let me be the first to say your presence honors us. And I, I bend a knee and bow to him. Mr. Peepers bows too. Wow. Okay. He lights up by seeing this and claps. And he looks at you and says, Ah, yes, this is gratitude. Stand up, good dwarf. And stand up, you too, uh, uh, halfling? Halfling. Oh, yes. halfling. Yes, yes. I'm still learning all these terms. Yes, you show decadence to a king. I like you too. Yes. Yes, it's we, it's the right way to uh, to, to to behave uh, in front of royalty. Um, uh, I what we have to offer is reputation. We are from the Pathfinder Society, and we can pretty much guarantee what we promise. I don't recognize these fellows that you seem to be negotiating with. They may deliver, or they may not. I wouldn't know because I've never heard of them. So. That is, I think, the first thing off the top of my head that I can think of that we can offer you. Hmm, I don't know. And then he looks to the other four warriors, and they seem to be all gruff. And they start pleading their case. It says, please, please, King, you, you know we were here first. We are offering to completely clear out everything beneath and any treasures or anything we find, we'll gladly give to you. Again, we just seek knowledge and to help you out, King. We we don't need, like, trinkets and other things these Pathfinders are looking for. We are just here to help. Nothing more. Nothing more. Sense motive. Ha! <laughs> I don't even yeah, think that exists anymore. There is. It's, no. um, there is. It's under, well, like, it's perception. But perception. Just perception. Right. Literally just yes. perception. It's not. There isn't a perception. Oh, wow. It's literally just perception. Uh, you have no idea. They yeah, seem like they're telling the truth. How, how about me? How about it's wisdom-based. It's a wisdom-based check. You, you, you sense that they're mostly telling the truth. It seems like they actually will do that, but there's something else they're interested in underneath the... Uh, there's something under there they're interested in finding. Okay, so I'll say, uh, Your Highness, uh, these men uh, work for coin, it seems. And though they say they seek nothing, I, I, I they fear that they may... They definitely do not seek knowledge, as we do. Pathfinders, as you know, and we have some kind of identification as Pathfinder, I assume, right? Of course. Yeah, so I say, and I, I present that, I say, we, on official business, as you know, uh, do truly seek knowledge, and we do want to make sure your kingdom is long-lived, and we can remove any threats, and we will ask for nothing in return. Mm hmm. Meanwhile, while you're doing this, there's like plays going on, people rehearsing. You hear the it's really, really hard to see in here, too, because they're they're burning these torches that give off this really foul smoke because the area is filled with mosquitoes because of all the stagnant water. And they obviously use that to try to get rid of the mosquitoes. So it's really tough to see. It stinks in here. There's goblins everywhere. It's just totally kind of, I wouldn't say repulsive. Let's just say this place wasn't cleaned in 20 years of flooding. And now the goblins have <laughs> taken place. It's an acquired it's, taste. It's, uh, yeah, it's an acquired taste. That's the best way to put it. You know, it's uh, 
there's smoke everywhere. It's getting in your clothes. So, um, so guys, I, I have a cunning plan. Can I, can I try something? Yeah. Sure. Go. All right. So a voice from the darkness beyond the door. <laughs> oh, King. King, hear me. I think I have a solution to this perplexing conundrum. And I move forward and show myself and reveal my hood to show my goblinness. King, it is clear that you are indeed a man of culture and true artistic taste. So let culture and artistic taste be your guide. Allow each of us to do our best to entertain you upon the stage. Whoever is the best there will be the best for goblins everywhere. Okay. Seth read the adventure ahead of time. Or he's a genius. No, no, I, 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 <laughs> uh, I, I've just been doing this for 40 years. That's all. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. yeah, like this is just, I know exactly right? what's going on. No, I, I, I know exactly. Dude, it's a, it's a theater. They got people yeah, on the he, stage. He, 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 yeah. He's got oh. a, like, like his whole thing is about, is about art. Right, th- this is all about, this is all about skill challenge. We're going to be, we're going to make plays and we're going to kick their ass. That's what, that, that's what this is about. It's a good, it's and, a and also, office, I, and also it, out of character, I, exactly I, it's so funny. Character. I had an earlier build of this character that not only spoke Goblin, but also had performance skill trained. I, I, I had the version of that, and then I took the point. I know. I was actually bummed you took I that know, off. I said that would have been cool. Okay. So good. He, he lights up when he hears this. He says, come, come, Goblin. Come, little Goblin. You, you excellent idea what what tribe are you from you you must be one of us because you seem to have theater in your blood i am from a mighty tribe friend to goblins and friend to all others i am from the black lodge ah excellent excellent perhaps you can become an honorary crooked toes after this here we love performance this is all we do in fact and he pulls out pages he's like i am writing a script of a new play that i hope to be performing for everybody in absalon i'm gonna invite the kings and the queens and all the retainers and everyone else to watch in this beautiful production and with that he pulls out these pages of notes and he starts giving it to you and he's giving it to the other mercenaries and he says this is what we will show do we will have the contest as you say and we will see who does best at reading lines from the play and the surrounding goblins all cheers and cheers and he looks at the mercenaries he goes since you got here first you go first show starts in Two minutes, and at this news, a, go- a big cheer goes up from the Crooked Toes goblins as they begin to crowd around the stage. And you've been given notes for his new play, We Be Goblins, The Play. I have been oh giving God. you the script. So quickly decide who's going to do the which, which part. Yes. So each of you decide who's going to be doing which part of the play. There's enough parts, and some people are going to have to double up. Oh, I am absolutely doing Vorka the Witch. Where is Vorka the Witch? Not one of them. No, Vorka the Witch. What is the reference? I think it was, wasn't We Be Goblins a, because uh, I remember playing it or running it at some point. Uh, Early. It's the free it's adventure yeah, written, yeah. written by Richard Pett. 
that they handed out on um, free RPG day. And since then they've had like eight sequels to it. And uh, it's like, keeps going over and over again. So it was a lot of fun. You play goblins, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. For yeah. second edition, they did another one called We Be Heroes, where these goblins become heroes, and I think it's in reference to that. So there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's seven parts, so some of you have to be double-upped. However, one of them is a dog. Ooh, I'll be the dog. Mr. Peepers will be Mi Mitzi. That's it. Yeah, Mitzi. Yeah, there's the, the handout, so you can see who wants to do what. Is there is there a scary character? Because my... my my angle is intimidation much more than performance and so if i could if i could leverage intimidation to be like a scary character i would be able to especially one that uses magic i would be able to do that that's why i wanted to be working this uh Grenick here seems kind of scary uh all right so what, what's the, what's the, what's Grenick's deal what is Grenick's deal oh well take a look at the play i handed it out to everyone you can oh, sorry. Hey, read. it would help if i actually looked at the handout wouldn't it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah why don't you look at the, why don't you all the read the play lines. you can take a minute you can take a minute to read it over I, I, you could take as much time as you need. I mean, I said two minutes, but just take a look. Figure out who's going to do what. When you're ready, I'll let you guys deliberate. Whenever you're ready, I will have them perform, and then you can go. And you actually have to do the play. Well, I suppose I'm the only one tall enough to play this Olfun, a uh, human. You'll do okay. a great job as a human. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jason, yes, I'm sure I'll be you... very convincing. Well, as as the desert, as the druid, I think I have to play the dog. <laughs> oh, that's all right. You're fine. Throw a method yeah. actor. Okay, so you're doing, you're doing so, yeah, you're doing something else because all it does is bark and, and, and a second part. Yeah, and a second part. Um, I'll play the knight. Which one's oh, that? No, you're playing the knight, right? I'll play um, Zuscut. I can play Zuscut. Okay, so that's the king. Yeah, the king. Yes. Oh, it's okay. So, uh, Grenick is. That is no wait. Uh, how about this? What what, what are you gonna do, Nick Snacks? What do, what what are you looking at? Yeah, I'm like still reading through this, trying to figure out like what would what would leverage my abilities the best. I don't know. What what does Jason want? I'm gonna um I'm gonna do Grenick because none of the parts directly overlap the dog, so I won't be just like me talking okay, and me good. talking. So I'll do Grenick and I'll do Mitzi. Not a dog. It's a wolf. I'll do Scythorn. They hate dogs. Scythorn, and how about uh, Pizzazz? That'll be two. And so what am, what am I left with? Uh, you have... Oh, wait. No, 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 no. Oh, oh wait. Gren, Gren, Grenick? Is that? I got I got Grenick. Okay, you got Grenick. Okay, so you... Oh, uh, Crimsy. Okay, I'll do... You, you be Pizzazz, and I'll do uh, Crimsy. Because Crimsy is... Um, wait, who you be Pizzazz? Seth, you be Pizzazz. I, I be Pizzazz? Yeah. Because there's a few Pizzazz. So we got a Pizzazz, we got an Ulfan, we got a Zuscut, we got Yeah, Pizzazz has Mitzi three lines. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I got Mitzi well, and I got Granik. So I'm Scythorn, and I am uh, at the bottom. Oh, jeez. No, I'm just... Okay, cool. I could, I could be Pizzazz. I think I'm Scythorn. Yeah, Scythorn. Okay, so that's it. I'm just one. Sizorn. Okay, actually, we need one more person who wants to read stage directions, which would be the top and the axe. Uh, just a person. I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. Okay. 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 Are you ready? Do you all have your parts? Yes. Okay. I, so, so as I, so as I get it, we're going to basically be reading from this script, doing voices and and hamming it up. That is correct. And again, uh, who's Grenick? I'm Grenick. Okay. All right. And your Mitzi. Uh, Crimsy, 
Who's Crimsy? Okay, I'm Crimsy. <laughs> okay, so I'm Crimsy and I am Scythorn. I think John should be everyone and we should be all goblins. <laughs> I should do every role, like Shatner. Yeah, uh, we just hear at the end, we be uh, heroes, we be heroes. It's Julius Caesar, uh, uh, right? Playing know. every role. Well, they're not overlapping, that's why I'm doing both of them. Um, I'll do stage directions since I only have one. Okay, yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, do okay. stage directions. So, Rise of the Goblin Heroes: A True and Accurate Account of Zuskut, King of the Goblins in Absalom. Wait, 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 wait! They're going first. They go first. You don't have to go yet. Oh, oh, oh! oh. So, you guys. Good rehearsal. So, um, <laughs> yeah, rehearsal. good rehearsal. So, the mercenaries are like grudgingly like shuffling their feet and and they go up on the stage and they they start their performance they're terrible they're, they're not just funny terrible they're just plain terrible they're reading in a wooden way they're standing on the stage they're looking uncomfortable they're reciting lines and messing up and the goblins start to boo them and start throwing bits of rotten fruit and pieces of wood on them. And some of the wood's on fire, by the way. And um, <laughs> they uh, they get booed off the stage very, very loudly. And the mercenaries finish up the play and leave in a huff. And the goblins seem to be duly unimpressed with their performance. Zuzgut says, well, that was an uh, uh, interesting take on my masterpiece. Perhaps the Pathfinders can show a little bit more life to my performance. Give it the respect and admiration it deserves when you're ready. And Kurt. All right, I'm thinking, uh, yeah, okay. So, like, one of the things I'm doing is I'm taking off my shield and my helmet and stuff, and I'm actually just going to, and a lot of my gear to, like, you know, so I'm not, like, fully looking like an adventurer. And I will only have my trident in hand, and uh, and that's how I'm going to be starting. And okay. I, I guess we get it. We take our positions, right? I mean, I'm gonna. I'm started there. I guess there's a. Is there a chair on the stage? Yeah, there's chairs. There's actually even some costumes, and this is the best part. Anyone who's small, all the costumes fit you because it looks oh, like wow. the goblins have been wearing the children's costumes because they had a very robust children's production, if you remember. So there's oh, tons right, yeah. and tons of costumes that fit all the smaller PCs, if you will. Right, so I will, I will get into the costumes if there's a, a crown or you know something along Definitely. those lines. Yeah, yeah. There's so much. You just it's. I mean, this was a very popular theater. You can just sort of quickly just jump through, sorry, sort through some of the knickknacks on stage and find some uh, assorted things that would work out perfect for this. Okay, I am uh, casting Prestidigitation. Nice. The, the 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 spell of the arts. And I am going to deploy everything. The, like the, it, it's got, I, I can I can clean, I can soil things, I can make small objects, like I can levitate stuff, I can make puffs of smoke and all that crap. So that is my after effects. Exactly after effects. Uh, so I'm casting after effects, and uh, we uh, like and using that to like buff up our costumes and uh, you know like add some sound effects at appropriate times and things like that. And it's a sustainable thing. It's a cantrip, so I'm just yes. Add, add a little shine to this crown. It's exactly little, right. Uh, exactly. Make, it, make it nice. A little, yeah, a little magical shine. Yeah, excellent. Are we, are we ready? Ready. Ready. All right. The uh, beautiful production of the Rise of the Goblin Heroes, a true and accurate account of Zeskut, King of the Goblins of Absalom. 
Act 5, Scene 1. Enter Zuscut, Crimsy, Grenick, Scythorn, Mitzi, Wolf, the Wolf, Pizzazz, and Ulthun. Zuzgut from atop his throne. <clears throat> I see the great heroes have returned, but who is this with you? And I'm speaking, trying to emulate his voice, and, uh, and I actually stand and I hold my uh, trident like a scepter and I wave it across, pointing to all the people that I just mentioned. The great heroes have returned. Speak, brave knight, pointing to Ulthun. Uh, <clears throat> um... Oh, mighty chief of the goblins, whose, oh boy, whose wit and skill are unsurpassed, I am called Ulthun, uh, watcher lord of Last Wall. Alas, that land has been overrun by undead and is no more. It's true, undead everywhere. But we helped them escape. The Longshanks, not the undead. Woof! I helped collapse the tunnel behind us. It was great! Oh, that is nothing. I found people who appreciate my singing. Here, let me show you. <coughs> Quiet! Chief speaking! Uh, 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 please, my lord, we beseech you and ask the help of your mighty... <laughs> Uh, mighty tribe. We are but mere humans and <laughs> lack the cleverness and skill needed to escape the clutches of the undead. Will you aid us? Ha ha ha! Of course, of course. Crooked toes, my people. Hearken to me. Now is the time foretold, the time when the Longshanks would come before in desperate need. We help, too! We know how to fight undead longshanks! Yes, Mitzi will tear them apart with wolfish fierceness! And I will compose a war song to lift our hearts! <laughs> no, no, no. We need my catapult! I stand up. I think we need to hurry. No time for catapults or songs. Prepare for the journey south and into our destiny. Now we be heroes! We be heroes! We be heroes! Oh boy. Oh my god. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. That was, that was excellent. <laughs> that was excellent. I love it. That was so good. I can't even. I'm like crying. It's so good. They, all the <laughs> goblins stand up and they all start chanting with you. We be heroes. We be heroes. Everyone's going crazy. They're throwing food up in the air, not at you, in celebration of this masterful play. And Zezgut raises his hands in silence. And most of the goblins quieter sit down or wander off. Well, that was most exciting, he says. But now it's time for the tough decision. Hmm. He pauses dramatically, and from somewhere nearby, a goblin beats a drum in a rhythm reminiscent of a heartbeat. Thump, thump, thump. You can tell he's really hamming it up. He's trying to really, you know, make you sweat because he is a, you know, he's a ham at heart. 
It's a difficult choice, Zugna continues, drawing out the moment. But I have to say that one performance... He pauses. The drum continues to beat. Rose above the other. Another pause. Today, the winner is... He stops again. And now the goblins are all paying close attention. The Pathfinders! A cheer rises at his voice. Woo-hoo. Yay! Woohoo! We be heroes! We start cheering. We be heroes! Yeah, we, be heroes. Yeah, we, be heroes. We, we be Pathfinders! We be Pathfinders! <laughs> what did I get myself into? <laughs> we, we be questioning our life choices. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I just have to say, I particularly loved Vanessa playing Nolicent playing stooge human. I, I, love, I, love, I love that <laughs> yeah. secondary acting job that you totally worked in the performance. <laughs> yeah. Outstanding. Thanks. The other mercenaries just sort of leave in a huff and just bow their heads and leave the theater. Meanwhile, Zuzgut looks at you all and says, that was amazing. Perhaps you should come back and give lessons. Uh, you're almost as good as I am. Almost. But you really captured the spirit of the goblins, the braveness of the goblins, the ferocity, the intelligence. Every aspect of the goblins was oozing from your performances. Are you not goblins? Well, except for you, of course, who obviously is a goblin. I'm talking about the rest of you. And you, as a pathetic human, you were excellent in that role. Excellent. I can tell that you really embraced the part. <laughs> uh, Millicent is like visibly biting her her jaw clenched as tightly as possible to stop herself from playing something. <laughs> Mister Mr. Peepers is ecstatic. He he wants to know if he can be an honorary goblin. He had a lot of fun with that. Nix Knox kind of suddenly appears at Millicent's ankles and and, and, and uh, pats her uh, knee and says, "Bear with it, bear with it, that much longer." Your Highness, uh, perhaps you should now show us where this problem is that you have, and we will take care of it swiftly. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, excellent, excellent. Come with me. I I can take you to where the gigantic monster has taken up residence. Uh, although I'm not exactly uh, sure why. Hmm. Uh, well, uh, come with me. Come with me. Uh, let's go. And then with that, he starts leading you down to the basement. All right. And I'll equip my shield, and then and I have my trident in my right hand. And uh, I say, before before we actually come across it, can you give us any information on what what it is? Is it a, a rat? Is it a, is it a is it some kind of other vermin? Is yeah. It, what exactly are we dealing with here? They are goblins. Yes. yes. It it was very very big, has a giant mouth, sharp teeth, and is green. Mm. Oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. Was it some kind of gator or something? It's a shark. It's a shark. Definitely. A land shark. Definitely a land shark. Is it a uh, is it a baby shark? Is it humanoid? No, no. It was big and it was angry and it scared off the rest of us. But yes, yes. There's also more in there. We didn't get to fully explore, but the the monster. Mmm, monster. Oh, by the way. As you start getting lower and lower and it starts echoing as you're getting into what appears to be not just a basement, but sewers, as you can tell that this is getting pretty below the surface. 
you only have maybe mm, six hours before this entire area is flooded. So hurry up. That's so nasty. The sewers flood daily. <laughs> this sewer Unless water. you can breathe underwater. Of course, even goblins don't like to go into that water. Nasty stuff, I tell you. Mm -hmm. uh, Goblin Venice. Get Ugh. that prestidigitation ready. Nix knocks. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> I was not aware running around in the sewers was going to be part of the job description. Yeah, and, and that's not just six hours and then the water comes. It's six hours of the water slowly rising. So the, the, the what we're walking through will slowly be past our ankles, our knees, our waist. It's going to be, uh, you want to probably get out there faster than six hours. Yes. You go down to the basement and he brings you to the area that he was talking about. The basement's rather large and just filled with a lot of rotting clothes, things that have been waterlogged over, you know, dozens of years. So almost everything in the basement's been just destroyed and ruined, and if not just um, disintegrated over time. And he brings you over to an area and he says, in there, in there, uh, I'm going to go back. Have fun. And he <laughs> sort of like runs away because he doesn't want to get eaten by this. <laughs> Twisted and bloated, the wooden stairs connecting the main floor of the basement are slick and saturated with water. The walls of this part of the basement are covered with algae, and the ceiling is coated with black mold. As I said before, the old furniture and props from the theater are piled into corners in soggy, crumbling heaps. You see small crustaceans and numbers of insects occasionally peeking from the detritus or scramble into cracks or the shallow pools on the floor. You smell rot. Salt water hangs damply in the air. To the west, you see what appears to be a bit of a crumbling wall or something leading into another area. You also hear what sounds like rushing water to the west. There's at least one inch to one foot of water everywhere you go. There's also echoes going throughout these chambers. So it's very noisy in this place. It's actually even difficult for you to almost hear yourself in some ways. Because, well, you're in like a dank sewer slash basement with water and hard surfaces everywhere you look. Is it dark down here? I'm guessing. Yes. Yes, it is completely dark, so those of you who cannot see will need a light source. Well, I'm going to go ahead and cast light on the kind of end of my staff, so that'll help. Okay. Nyxnox, are you able to see in the dark, Nyxnox? Oh, I live in the dark. That's what I thought. I can, too. Huh. Uh, is the light from the staff enough for Milsent, or should I also get out a light? I mean, I guess it would be enough. It's up to you. It depends where he's putting the light. Mm, I don't know. I'll have my own light, I guess. So uh, Millicent is going to... Oh, I should have got a bastard sword. Uh, Millicent is going to uh, pull out her hooded lantern uh, and hold it so with her offhand and then draw her long sword uh, with her other hand. Which way do you think? To the west or to the south? Uh, it looks like to the west. To the south just leads to crumbled wall. To the east leads back into the larger basement, and to the west leads to 
it looks like a crumbled rushing floor, water and sounds like rushing water and then the north there's also a um a larger area that seems to be filled with props costumes tools they look completely worthless and useless and in the corner there's like a large like heap or stack of you can't even tell what it is garbage <laughs> uh, maybe it was like materials from the playhouse but it's been waterlogged and destroyed so many times that it's impossible to tell what it is and that's in the northeast corner of that room yeah that's like in the northeast corner um i'm using a seek action can i do that okay okay sure. um I'm going, I've got good eyesight and you have a light source. It's strange to me that halflings actually don't have uh, infravision or uh, low light vision. I'm, I'm surprised. You can get it as a heritage. You can yeah. get low light. Um, you, uh, yeah. So you look and you do a seek and uh, like the, there's like the northwest and the northeast. And you're looking. I get bonus for seeks. Yeah. You're looking around and you see what you think looks like movement. You're like that. That's that's odd. Suddenly, let me we let me go check it, it out. Uh oh. <laughs> oh. Roll for combat. Did I get the movement before that happened or no? I'll say you get right up to it, and the 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 pile sort of shifts as it sensed Mister Peepers and then Millicent poking around and from underneath the pile a very large crocodile appears it looks like millicent goes way in the beginning though way before everyone else so you may go crocodile fantastic uh let's see she uh, definitely wants to take this thing out but she's a little nervous because uh, it's so big it's been a while since she got in a fight um, so she's going to take a step action to move up to it. And then she is going to swing her longsword. Uh, uh, yeah, let's see. Power attack or not to power attack. Ooh. What the heck? Let's power attack. Go for it. Oh, God. I don't like it. This thing might die before anyone gets to go. Hopefully. And I was going to try to make friends with the crocodile. Still can. <laughs> it seems unlikely after we attack it. If it survives. You can actually make friends with it? Uh, not really. You roll a 9 for an 18. Misses the crocodile. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Well, that's all three of my actions. So Now Thorgrin is up. Okay. So I will, as a one action, raise my shield, right? That's an action. Sure. Okay. And I will move there. And I will attack with my trident. He rolls a six for a 13. He misses uh, wildly. This beast is slippery. This beast slippery is beast. very fast as it is dodging back and forth and, miss, and avoiding your hits. It seems to be rather slippery. It is, call, is saying stuff a free action still? Or is that yeah, a, yeah okay, of course. So yeah, as a free action, I say, we have a large crocodile in here. Come and help. Mr. Peepers, you see this all, and you do get sneak attack on this since you go before it. Okay. I am going to move. So you roll a 5 for a 12, and you miss. And with your second attack, you roll a 12 <laughs> for a, a 15, and a miss. You are done. That's, that, that's it. Nella, yeah. 
you're up. I guess I'm going to get into this fight as well. So I'm going to move up, and I'm going to cast Produce Flame and throw a little bit of fire at it. And that uses two actions, so that will be your... So I'm done for this turn after this, yeah. You roll a 8 for 15 and miss. Crocodile goes. You have been trying to hit this thing left and right, up and down, back and forth. You really just can't seem to hit it. It decides to attack... Hmm... One, two, three. It is attacking uh, Millicent. 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 Attacks Millicent with its jaws and tries to snap at you. Wow. (laughs) Critically misses with a one. It totally misses you. It slaps at Thorgrin with its tail. Rolls a two and misses. What's then, the name of this game again? With Finder? <laughs> this is like pretty so far. So far, a twelve. So far, a twelve is the high mo- high mark in terms of raw di- in raw dice. This is what our game is like, though. It's just miss, <laughs> miss, miss. The slow it's, it's the slow burn. We it's build up it's the great fantasy fan simulation. <laughs> well, the crocodile does a third attack and tries to bite Millicent. And misses rolls a thir- eleven, but it only had a plus two for the last one, so thirteen. So three big misses. There's, there's, you know what it is? It's there's a lot of water. It's slippery. It's hard to get some purchase. You guys, you know, you you got your hang of it. But now, will the slippery goblin who's way in the back that no one knows about will he do something? Yeah. So, uh, just I'm sorry about this, but just real quick, like, are there any other exits from the room? Just to the east and just to the west. We came from the east. Yeah. For the east. So so that little uh, alcove to the west, that's a continuing passage. Yeah, I'll show you a little bit more. So right. you can see it looks like it's going to a very small passage of like maybe three feet in diameter filled with collapsed rocks. And you hear kind of rushing water coming from that area. Okay, cool. Uh, I am going to uh, reveal myself. Whoa, hey, whoa, this is a family show. Ha <laughs> And move over next to the dread. I like your style. And I also try to hit it with produce flame. Nine for 16. This is. Wow. No, you have to stay there. It's one action to move up and two actions to cast a spell. Yeah, that, that happened weirdly and accidentally. I don't know why it moved back. Oh, that's okay. So that's round one, nobody hits anybody. Well done. Millicent is up. All right. Well, uh, since my big attack didn't work, let's be a little more careful this time. Uh, first, I'm going to start with a good old regular strike. Eight for seventeen. <laughs> We're getting there. It's like the early rounds of Battleship, where you like keep out calling out numbers and you don't hit anything. All right. Okay. Uh, then I'm going to use uh, my exacting strike. So there's a special move that if I miss, it doesn't count against my multi-attack penalty. Oh, oh nice. nice. Wow, in stereo too. So you, Ten gets, you get a 14. third attack on your as your like as if it was your second. Yeah, it's a third Correct. attack and a minus cool. five instead of a minus ten. Nice. Wow! So three <laughs> total misses in a row. This is amazing. Uh, none of us have rolled above so eleven. What happens in a critical miss? Does anything happen? Nothing specifically no. here, but things might yeah. have a trigger that goes off of it, like swashbuckers. All right, so. 
I will raise shield again as an action. Okay. I will attack. Okay. May I almighty guide my blow. Oh my goodness. Wow. A natural one. Do you have to raise your sword again if you raised it the previous round? You ni- you didn't use it for anything. That was that was probably a mistake there before the um the second attack. No, it's so okay. Oh, you didn't want to do a second attack? No, I did, but I, did. I didn't click on the right thing. Oh no, it's it only gave me a plus two. Okay. Yeah, no, you did the right thing. So you you I mean if you want to keep it, so the first one's a critical miss, the second one was a hit. I mean you rolled a nineteen, so you hit. Um, yeah, I thought I had to actually go in and select the second number, but I didn't. I don't know. I yeah, maybe it just. Okay. Yeah, maybe double click by accident. Uh, anyhow, you hit with the second. It did seven points of damage, and you drew first blood, and your Aha. shield is raised. Peepers is up. At least somebody's hurting somebody. So, Peepers, you won't do any damage. You won't do sneak attack now, but if you use your clever feint, your second attack can get sneak attack. Right, right, right. yeah. If I hit on the first attack. Correct. No, you don't even need to hit on your first attack. The target oh, is automatically second. flat-footed oh, against automatic? the second attack. Okay. It's automatic. So whether or not you miss or hit on your first attack, your second attack will automatically get it. And it's just... Basically, you should almost always use it because oh, it's yeah. two actions. So it's basically just two attacks. It's like... It's just you need to have the two actions to do it. And since you're probably not going anywhere, you might as well do it. So Right. So here's the first attack. You hit. Do seven points of damage. You roll 14 for nice. 21. And for your second attack. And for my Natural third one. attack, why not? <laughs> Dad. I don't think you get you don't get a third, right? He does get Do a, I get a third? He gets a third. He gets a third. Because that was two oh, attacks. Okay. The twin twin feint is just two attacks. So And a fourteen for a thirteen, because your third attack stinks. Alright. Alright, let's do another round of produce flame. Get in there. Six. Oh, for heaven's sake. You gotta have something um, better. You know, one more just, action. You just gotta not roll that crap. Um, Harsh language, maybe? I don't know if I want to bother moving up or not. I guess I'm still just gonna stay there. Crocodile goes. Who hit it? Hmm. It doesn't like the people who hit it. I got a pretty high armor clip! Thorgrin the lion will be attacked first. Let's test that AC, shall we? And the shield. I do have the shield, yeah. What's your AC? 20? I think it's 19, isn't it? Yeah, it's 19. That's correct. Hits you for 25. Um, does wow. Well, of damage. I can do my reaction. Yes, I'll do shield do block your, reaction. You use your shield block reaction, you heal five. I do. And your shield takes, make sure we take a note of this. Your shield will take um, three points of damage. So it's still alive because it is a strong shield. Yep, it's made of steel that I crafted myself. You crafted yourself in the forge of something. Cheliax. There we go. You are grabbed, however, because Ah. it bit you with its mouth. It grabs you. And now... It decides to tuck its legs and roll rapidly, twisting its victim in a crocodile death roll. Lovely. It, it is lovely. 
How nice of you to recognize that. Thorgrim, what are you doing? Get out of there! That's dangerous! Oh my god. <laughs> he hits you for uh, a 22, does 13 points of damage against you. You can't use your shield again. You are prone, by the way. So you're now prone Oof. on the ground as he just ripped you and rolled you around on the ground. You're still grabbed. And now he's going to attack you one more time. He's going to take you like a dog and shake you. Uh, a miss would be nice. <gasps> That's not a miss. And I'm dead. Oh, he hits for 30. He hits for 30. Oh, what? He rolls a crit and he hits for 30 damage. Wow. And I die instantly. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Uh, I don't know. Is he totally dead? Because I think he might no. be dead. Dead. No, no, he just goes to zero. No, massive damage roll. There, there's a ma There is a massive damage roll. Oh my gosh! There is. I have to look that up. There is a massive damage roll in this game. Thus ends the short life and career of Thorgrim. Um, but hey, free no. shield on the ground. Free shield on the ground. Free damage. Hold on. Massive it's, damage. If it's you deal. You die if one blow deals double your maximum hit points. So that is not the case. Okay. Right, what did in you... that case, you just go to dying two because it was a critical hit. Okay. So what is your what is My your maximum hit, point? hit points are twenty two. Okay. So I did thirty points of damage. So you don't instantly die. You are on the ground. You are in dying two, and we will see what happens. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. Nix Nox, you just saw your friend and fellow Pathfinder get grabbed, thrown around like a rag doll, drowned, and is now dying. You're up. <laughs> we just well, met. Well, we, we can't have that. We can't have people dying on my watch. So I think I am. I'm going to. Let's see. I think I want to go one more round before. I think I know what I'm going to do. Okay. So, time to move up next to him. And uh, I use the cantrip stabilize, and I stabilize him, bringing to not dying zero hit points. Excellent. Good job. Nice. Thank you. Oh, my God. Yeah, very useful. You stabilize him. Nice. I like that. That's nice. I like it. Nice. So, that, what, that means I'm still at zero? or I'm Yeah, you're, zero. you're zero. You're still zero. I'm still unconscious and prone and everything. Right. You're right. losing the dying. You lose the dying condition, and though you're unconscious and you're at zero hit points, what that means is you no longer go down by one. Um, you're you're at dying two, two and you no longer will go tick down. Uh, but you actually you're gone. Sorry, you lose the dying condition, and you have the wounded one condition. So the wounded one condition means that the next time you go back down and like if you get hit or something, you started dying too instead. So it basically keeps accelerating. So it, 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 it's to make it that you can't just stay down forever. Like if you, you, if you get resurrected, if you get stabilized again, you'll go down to uh, wounded two and then now you started dying three. But how do I gain consciousness? Someone will heal you, and then you have to rest for 10 minutes, and then you'll lose all the wounded conditions. You'll lose everything. You just have to rest for 10 minutes. Is he so wounded? He's um, he's He has wounded one. 
That is correct. And I'm unconscious and I'm prone. And you're unconscious uh, and you're prone. And you're at zero. Rats. <laughs> Millicent is up. She just saw that happen to her Oof. good friend and comrade that she's known for one day. Yeah. Known for one day. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to, I'm going, just so you know, I'm going to at least get him back on his feet on my next turn. And I just have a little bit of insurance in case somebody else gets taken out, like he got taken out so dramatically on that thing. Sure. Also, you'll want to move Thorgrim to just before the crocodile. Correct. That is correct. I forgot about that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so something else. When you're dying, your initiative changes immediately to right before the creature that killed you. That's actually to give the entire party a chance to bring you back. It's actually kind of a nice I was just going to ask him to uh, delay his turn, but how does that Yeah, you don't happen? have to do that. I, that's it just, it just that happens. Called? Yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. Like, yeah. What is that called? Like, is is that under dying? I guess that's under dying, right? It's just yeah. under the death and dying death. rules. Dying. Okay, it basically I, I read gives those rules. You... I didn't even see that. That's great. Yeah, it's, it's one of these things I, I sometimes forget just because we haven't had someone drop in so long because our people in the Plaguestone podcast got so good at not dying anymore. But... It gives the whole party one chance to save characters from, like, just totally dying. As opposed to, like, imagine this happens, and it just, you know, it's you'll see. It, it's, it works out really well. Millicent is up. It, it also helped that you critted and rolled almost max damage. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it. That was right. You got 10 plus 6, and you rolled 15. Oh, you're right. 15, and, <laughs> and it's right. It, it could have been 16. Really I could have done 32. I could have done yeah. 32, but I only did 30. That that's all. Sorry. Brutal. All right. Seeing this incredible uh, display of power by this uh, this big lizard, uh, Mama Millicent is going to rear back and try and stab this thing as hard as she can with her longsword. This is a power attack. So how does power attack work? So power attack is a two action attack and it adds one extra die of damage. So for my longsword, it's only a D8. So if I hit, I do an extra D8 of damage. Okay. Uh, I didn't program that in. So roll an extra D8 and I'll add it to this uh, attack. Four. You hit and do nine points of damage. Nice. I like that. Right. That's a good feat. You rolled a one like and then a four. That's yeah. why. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, but Sorry that's okay. That. At least it's some decent damage. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so hopefully I got its attention now. Um, I've only got one action left, and I kind of wish I could do something defensive, but let me look at my sheet real quick. Do you have battle medicine? I do not. Okay. Yeah, I, I was trying to see if I there's a feat I almost took that allows me to essentially get my shield bonus as a reaction instead of as a regular action, but uh, so I could take out my shield, but I don't know about that. I am going to, let's see, I can't take cover because this is just a big open room, right? Correct. You could take your mm. shield out though, right? Don't take cover. There's nowhere to take cover. It's 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 all like a soggy mess. There's nowhere. It's literally just open room and like all this stuff is damp, like garbage. So you can't take cover. Well, there is one it. thing I can do. So I can force it to come to me. So I'm going to use the step action and take a step away from it to force it to come towards me. How would it force to come to you? Uh, I'm assuming it doesn't have enough reach because it's like a big long creature that it doesn't have enough reach to get me if I move. Oh, if it wants it. to attack you, yeah, instead of attacking uh, Mr. Oh, right, if it wants to, right, right, right. Yeah, now that I've got its attention, I'm uh, going to sort of back off and and try and yeah. lure it out a bit. So it's definitely going it. to be attacking me. 
<laughs> no, I can move it and attack everyone. Well, you you go next. Yeah, that was. Nice. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'm going to do a battle medicine on Thor Thorgrim. And... Okay. Do... Wait, wait. I could get him up uh, on my turn, just so you know. Okay, I know that, and I'm still gonna do a battle medicine because it gives him uh, the hit points that he needs. Uh, two awesome. to eight. Two to eight. Uh, he'll really? probably. He'll, uh, by the way, Seth, just so you know, I'm going to be rowing one and then one again, so he'll be right. at two. Although, a couple things. First of all, you need to have a hand free, which I believe you do. You do not. You have. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, I can drop one sword. You drop one sword onto the ground. It's a free action. Now, as one action, you can whip out your kit from your bandolier and quickly patch him up which you can do in two seconds. I don't know how you do in two seconds, but you do in two sections. You now must roll a medicine check, and if you fail, you can do damage to him. I'm just letting you know. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Uh, do, do I need the kit? It doesn't say. Uh, you this need that healer's tools to do, because it's I don't have wounds. healer's tools. I don't have healer's you tools. Use meta. They, they cost a bit five, of money. Cause it's I, cause five I, gold. It's five gold. I, know, I looked I at it. And, and, and you know why? You know how I know? Because I have them. I have the healer's tools. Ah. Uh, Okay. Can, can, you're, right, you're right next to me. Can you pull them off of my bed? Because I don't see any prerequisite for the other ones say you need a kit. This one no, doesn't no, 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 need... because it's battle medicine uses treat wounds. If you look at treat wounds requirements, you have healer's tools. You have to look at treat wounds. Treat wounds well, is what you're actually doing. Okay. It says as with – I think it's talking yeah, about battle medicine is just you. Battle medicine is just using treat wounds while you're in combat. But it still it still applies all the rules of treat wounds. Oh, okay. So okay. it lets you use treat wounds for an action rather than ten minutes. All right. That is correct, and you can only do it once per day. It's basically a it's battle medicine. It allows you to do a treat wounds during combat once per day per PC. That's it. That's it's very useful. It's excellent. Anyone can use it, but you need healer's tools. I will say, Mister Peepers can spend one action to grab the healer's tools from Nick Dox's. Bandolier. Yeah, bandolier, yeah. And then spend that's why another, I have it on a bandolier. And then spend another action to treat wounds. So you can do that. Alright, I'll, I'll do that. So do your medicine check. Alright. That's something I roll. Do you roll don't a miss. Two plus don't five. Roll I have plus five. plus five. Don't roll a one. A... Eleven. Well, I have mm, bad news. It's not a fifteen. You fail because you did I, not get a fifteen. So you try to treat his wounds, but there's too much water and so much blood that you can't find the wounds to treat because he was just thrashed. You have one more action left. What do you do? Can you do it again or no? Once per day per PC. Oh, just one try per day? Uh, no, I, I... No, that's it. it He's done, but you can do it on someone else, but not on you. It's not just you can't I thought it was the benefit a, of it. Or... I thought it had to be successful once a day. Nope. You were so, so, so it's, it, it's, par it's parallel to any kind of save versus something spell that you could do once per day. Um, I am going to use my luck of Whatchamajig. The uh, hero point? Half no, yeah, halflings have the ability to reroll once per day. They have halflings. Nice. He wow. own hero point. How about that? I'm not, yeah, I'm not using hero point. I'm using the, the halfling luck. Okay. I'm going to reroll that. Yeah, so reroll that. Oh, nice. We don't want a one, because I'm stuck with this. Yeah, you'll, what are the odds of you rolling a one? 
There you go. A twenty. Put him on the board. Put him on the board. Put him on the board. Put him on the book. You heal him two d eight healing points. Yeah. So roll two d eight, and that is what you will heal him. And then, yeah, Thorgrim is going to be back into the action. Okay. Now I'm going to roll the ones. No, that's good. Ooh, double sixes. Oh my goodness, that's a good roll. Oh god, you were so far down that I'm going to have to heal you three more times to get you back up to zero. Well, there's no such thing as negative hit points anymore, right? Yeah. Right, you, you were at zero. When I stabilized I know. you, that no, was zero. I know, the program brought you down to negative like 25 or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Peepers, you used your hero's luck. Oh, Mr. Peepers. Luck. My favorite. You healed him very uh, well. Now you have one more action have left. One Wait. more action. Uh, I say, watch my hand, and I whap him with my uh, short sword. Okay. He's in your other hand. Woof. Six oh, for 13. Six for 13. Jeez. Nella is up. I guess oh. I'm going to stick with the role of artillery and just do produce flame again. It's a good decision. One of these times. There you go. Nice. You hit 24. I, I can't quite do that yet. Uh, seven damage. Excellent job. Uh, fire. This thing definitely... Uh, it's, starting, it's starting to look kind of beat up. You guys are starting to poke it down. It still looks pretty mighty strong, though. You have one more action left. Nella? Yeah, but again, I don't know that there's much to do with that extra action. So... Um... I guess I'm just heal me. Well, but no, with one with one action, it's a touch. I can't get a ranged heal unless I use two actions. Yeah, I figured that's all right. So I guess I'm just gonna be done. Wait, I go. Thorgrin is up. Two all things right. have happened. One, you yeah. dropped your weapon. Two, you're prone. So keep right, right. Okay, so um, ex- talk to me I'd about your shield is also dropped. By the way, no, my shield should be strapped to my arm. No, well, I don't know. Let me look that up. That's actually in the rules. I actually know that's in the rules. Shield. Shield category. Steel. Oh, wait. I don't I don't know. I thought I read something about that, whether they were strapped. What is it? What's it? It probably been... under, like, when you lose consciousness. What, what is it? No, whether or not what, shields, I, I... like, get dropped or not when you go unconscious is really the question. Um... So it makes sense for weapon, too, but shield is, like, your, your arm is, like, through two straps. Wouldn't it be, uh, I don't know. I guess there's different kinds. Yeah, I mean, game rule wise, I think you drop everything you're carrying, which shield is considered being carried. Yeah, I think you drop everything. Right. I'm thinking the playtest rules. I think the playtest rules actually had something where you it actually had the straps, but then I think it got too complex, and I think they just made it simple that you just drop everything. All right. The um, so heightened. How does that work? What is the what does heightened mean? So like, I have lay on hands, but I think it only no. Gives- that's heightened is if the spell works at a higher level, which you can't do yeah. right now. You can't do until you are another level higher. So you can't do any. Heightened is when you're level three. Mm, okay. Essentially it's there so that way when you have access to second level spells, uh, which is level three, then if you want to prepare that, like if you know that as a second level spell instead of a first level spell, you can get the, the heightened potency of it. Um, so so for champion, on. it's a little different, right? Because it's focus, like spell. It's a, it's lay on hands. Same thing. So, it works the same yeah. way. So the way lay on hands works, you get six hit points at level one and level two. When you're level three and four, you heal twelve hit points, and so forth and so forth. 
It goes it goes an additional six hit points every two levels. Focus spells and cantrips will both automatically heighten. Right. Alright, so I am going to uh, how much healing does the potion do? One D eight. It's an action right. to pull it out and an action to drink it. You you're laying down and you're flat footed, so this thing can rip you to pieces again. So I'm just saying uh you're kind of vulnerable. Yeah. Right. Alright, so I am going to but like things don't provoke, right? So I can lay on hands for six hit points. Boop. Okay, you can lay on hands on yourself. You heal yourself for six. That's one action. All right, I can. Jason, lay on hands one or two. It was a single. It's a single action. Okay. All right, so I'm gonna. I can stand from prone. Right, it's his action. Yes. It's action two. I have no weapon or shield, so I'm gonna back away. I, I, I move. I move there for now. Come on, you great lizard. Crocodile. Mama Millsint keeps uh, banging her longsword on the wall next to her. Come on, you big lizard. Really? Well, in that case, I hate to yeah. disappoint Mama. I mean, I hit it last. Moves up one to you. Since it does not have reach, you're correct. And uh-huh. it tries to bite you with its ferocious draws and wants to do a death roll on you. Not one, not one. No. Okay, wait. Hold, please. That triggers my reaction. Okay. It's for 24 for 8 points of damage. What do you wish right, to do? So, so I have Glimpse of Redemption. And enemy damages your outline. <laughs> Both are within 15 feet. So my pea brain foe hesitates under the weight of its sins. And visions of redemption play in its mind. The foe must choose the following options. The ally is unharmed by the triggering damage. That's one option. Or the ally gains resistance to all damage equal to triggering damage 2 plus your level, so that's 3. And then it'll be enfeebled 2 until the end of its next turn. So you get to choose that. It'll take enfeebled 2. Right. <laughs> it's always gonna, they're always going to take that. But it, but it does reduce her damage by 3. Well, does it awesome. trigger Does it does it trigger immediately? Um, mm-hmm. or yeah, it's the same as the other... Oh, okay. The, it's, it's just it's a neutral. It's the it's the champion reaction. It's the champion. Yeah, it's a rede- redeemer instead of the paladin. So yeah, so that is three, and it's enfeebled two, which is a negative two to everything, I believe. It's a negative two to yeah, for well, for its strength based stuff. To hit and damage. Right, for yeah. strength. You, you made it feel you made it feel shame yep. for its actions. Yep. Good job. Um, it's still gonna death roll hard because it's grabbed. Oh, it automatically grabs. It automatically grabs. It's automatic when it hits you with its jaws. If the last action was a success with a strike that lists grab, um, the automatically grabs its target till the end of the monster's next turn. Oof. And the death roll is how a many? Special, just one action? One action. It's a special thing for crocodiles that if you have the creature grabbed, it tucks its legs and rolls rapidly, twisting the victim. It does a Yeesh. strike with its jaws with a bonus to its attack. <laughs> Ooh. Well, that is pretty realistic, so I like it. Oh, and that doesn't sound good. Hits you with its death attack. Now it does two less damage because it has an enfeebled two. It does. Yep. So wow, it's only five damage. It rolled max. It rolled sixteen. Jeez. So wait, that means you're at zero, which means you are dead. So you still go down. Yeah. Yeah, Millicent. Dying 
is dying one, and you will also go before the crocodile. Nix Nox, your friends oh boy. are dropping left and right. Yeah, so I, I have all kinds of options here. Uh, all right, so I could... Now, well, I have one question, I, so I need some rule clarification. So, uh, debuffs, stacking. Because one of my options is I could put a pox upon it and uh, give it an additional minus one to everything, uh, minus two to everything, if it fails to save. But will that stack with the minus two? Yeah, it totally higher? should. It depends what it is. If the, the higher number, it doesn't sickened. stack anymore. Sickened is different. So if sickened will stack with enfeebled, it's a different Okay, good. All right. So that'll give it a minus four to everything, which might increase our survivability long term. Uh, but I'm exposing myself to an attack, making myself one of the old targets in green reach. I don't want, if I get if I get that death roll, that's it for me. There's a lot of minuses there. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. This is good. I like it. It's very. The, the other angry. the other option another option is immediately spend a heal and uh, heal the human warrior to try to get him back on the feet immediately. Another option is do the do the same stabilize maneuver and get my ass out of there. Uh, another option is delay your action. That's what your important piece of information. Delay, Delay. definitely that we all might want to know about. Yeah, save an action. Guys, hold up. Grab the grab ability is still an action. Oh, so if it doesn't have any actions left, it can't do it. It can't death roll. No, it's a free action to grab. It's not free. It is an action. So it has the option to grab. Yeah. So grab. The symbol for one action, and then the requirements to use grab is the monster's last action was a successful strike that lists grab in the damage entry, which it would, or has already grabbed them. So in this case, it bit me with the damage plus grab. Second action would be to actually grab, and then it's out of actions. Okay. Um, In that case, if I knew that, it'd still do its attack. Yeah. But it's just not grabbed, and it just does. So it's a no death roll. It's it just not a death roll. It still would have done the same points of damage. All the death roll does is give it a plus two to attack. It rolled a 24, so if I did that, it still would have been a 22. Which and, it's, and it's automatic damage. Like you... No, it's not automatic. Oh, it it's actually not? Has, no. no, 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 it's not. It has it's a that. plus to hit, probably. It's just a plus to hit. It's literally just a plus so two wait, to hit. So wait, hold on, because it moved up to get it within range. That's yeah, one. that was the first second, action. Second action is the attack. Third action mm-hmm. is the grab. Done. No, Well, I wouldn't Correct. have done the grab if I knew it was an That's action. That's okay. But you wouldn't have been able to do the death roll, is what I'm saying. Right, right. So, so the, I would have just done bottom line, she's not dead. Uh, we don't have to no, 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 no. Because no, it would have no, gotten no, another no, attack. No, no. It's, 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 but we have to just find out a, what that is. That just would have been a, a second it's bite. Exact same saying. attack. It's the exact same attack. I see what you're saying. It's Wait, what is the grab? They they all do ten plus six. It just gives them plus two. That's okay. That's fine. Okay. So it's not that great. It just would have bitten twice instead of bite grab it would have just been twice yeah if i would i'm not going to waste time on the death roll to be honest and the same thing would have happened to chris because he credit so yeah. it doesn't matter um okay. i was just right no 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 I, good I, point yeah i I'll put it this way it's i would have still done it still would have done the attacks endless i thought it was a free i see what you're saying it's just written weirdly so the actions are all still the same so seth you still have whatever you want to do yeah, I just want to. I just want to get this clear in my head because now I'm confused. I just want to get clear in my head. Yeah, it would have been clear if it was like such and such damage, and you know, plus grab, and then have the one action symbol to remind you, like that also takes an action. Oh, and so we're gonna so we're retconning that yeah, it, yeah. instead. Because I thought it was free. Action. 
Yeah. Now this grab isn't that powerful. Now, if, but it, now if it attacked twice in this round, doesn't it get the minus five on a second attack? It automatically gets the it second did, five though. on its second attack, even when it's even when you did the death roll. Even with the grab. Yep. Okay, yep. so so all that's factored in. And a minus two from it, people. It's a minus right. seven. It's still hit. A minus seven. It okay, rolled, rolled an eighteen. Right. It hit me on die. So so that, thanks, for, thanks for that. I just need to get it back up to speed. I'm not gonna. I will never cheat right, anyone. So, <laughs> so it's like I rolled uh, an eighteen. That's what that's what happened. All right. So, do I get the human back on her feet? Do I try to debuff the the alligator? Or the other option is. Uh, three actions, a heal, and it spams everybody. So it, sp- so it spreads some healing around. I don't think that's necessarily Including great action. The crocodile. Yeah, because I don't think you should crocodile. delay your action. You will hit the crocodile. Uh, okay, so why am I delaying my action? Uh, because I have the healing kit. If you need to heal Millicent, uh, I can give that to you. It basically, it saves me a, a, a action, uh, or you an action, to do what? Take, taking that kit. If you're if you're using that kit, because I didn't think it was, you, you didn't. I didn't think you took. I took it kit. off of your bandolier. I have it. It's no, in like, his hand. Yeah. Like the kit, like the kit in my bandolier is like spread across my bandolier. It's like it, no, it's, it's not. Well, that, well that, that's what that's the that's the description in a bandolier. It's like you, you can you can take a kit and spread it across your bandolier to gain some extra bonus effects on how you pull right. it out. No, so, actually, so, so it's like so it's like you need you needed. Like you needed the bandage, and you took the bandage out of it. No, that's not how it works. I've actually had this. It's tools. Yeah, this actually I've had confirmed by Paizo themselves personally of how this works. It is Uh a kit. The bandolier is designed so that you can use it for only kits. He pulls the kit out. It is not distributed. He is now holding the kit in his hand as a single action, as opposed to going into your pack. Where it would be two actions. It is designed right. specifically for this purpose. Okay. And it's it's not a kit. It's a tools specifically. So it's okay. not a consumable. All right. That so, is applied. Okay. So then, Mr. Peeper's situation is one sword on the ground, my kit in his hand, and he needs to sort that. And he wants to sort all that out before I go. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I can heal her because I have the kit in my hand. Well, boom. how are you healing her? You can only do that once per day. No, per I can per PC. once per character. So you're going to battle medicine. Yeah, battle and medicine. Then, and then they, we'll worry about it. And you're right. going to pew pew. Right. Yeah. Okay, I delay. There we go. Mr. Peter. All right, comes. battle medicine. You don't have any more halfling luck anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I ran out of luck. <laughs> roll, bad luck. roll your thing. Roll your, you roll your medicine check. To help hero point, oh, oh, I missed by oh. two. You can, you can do a hero point. No, I'm not going to do a hero point. That's, that's okay. Uh, All right, well, you got two actions left. Now what? Um. Oh hell, I'll use a hero point. Why not? Let's roll again. Holy I, crap! I need, wow. Yeah. Chaotic. There you 20. go. Twenty. Yeah. Same result. Fifteen. Okay, now roll uh two d eight. Whoa. Okay, that's half the half the, the the health, but still, it's something. Average. Okay, you heal her for six. She only has wounded one, and she is back and conscious. Good job. Uh, you have one more. Um... I have two more actions, actually. No. Oh, I... wait, two more actions. You have two more actions. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm going to just attack with the sword. All right. Do you get any kind of bonus from flanking? By the way. Oh, you no one's flanking. No, no, I'm just. But is yes. that the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. Yeah. 
And now, uh, for my last that? action... Well, you attacked again. I that was your second. No, I didn't. I, I was, I can you, only, may, I, you may have accidentally quick clicked twice because... Yeah, I'm trying to escape out of this thing. This is working differently. I was going to hand the, the kit to... Uh... All right, fine. You hand the kit over to McNox. Nell is up. All right, so now I'm up? Yep. Well, or... if you want to go now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Nixnox goes. Yeah, I, I would right. like to go now. You go now. Um, allow me to... The kit is in your hand. Right, it is in John's hand. Is in... No, he no your hand. You. I put it in your... Uh... Oh, I used you an action oh, to oh, give I'm it sorry. to you. Yeah, I used an action to put it... Now you have three actions. You can... O- Battle right. medicine is only one action now for you. All right, yeah, but I don't have battle medicine. I have normal medicine. Uh, what I have is spells. Uh, so I am. I think I'm going to withdraw. I'm going to get out of here and uh, do a little healing. Uh, let me move. All right. So I move down there, and I take my for my next two actions. I do a ranged heal on Middle Scent, the still somewhat wounded human. Is that like a channel thing? No, well, it's the way these the level one spell. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. one action. It's 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 garbage. It's like one, it's one d8 and you have to touch it. Two actions. It's one d8 plus eight at range. Three oh, actions. Wow. It's one d8. Everybody in thirty feet and undead nice. take damage. Nice. Uh, so how do I do spells on your crazy contraption? I already did it. I cast oh, a spell okay, and now you heal eight plus another one d8. So roll a one d8. A three. So three more. So you heal her for 11 total. She is almost back. She's at 14 hit, uh, 17 hit points. Good job. Woohoo! Nella is up. All right. Well, I'm going to attack with Produce Flame yet again. Burn it. Burn it to the ground. <laughs> Five. Oh and then God. as a single action, I'm going to cast Guidance on um, Thorgrim. What is guidance? Oh, cool. do? That gives you a single plus one to your attack roll, which I believe you can use after the. I have to double check, but I believe you can use that after the roll. Or or, or, or choose to, to hold it if I don't want it. If, if like if I hit it, it only I, lasts. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, it only no. lasts one round. Uh, well, hold you on get a, a plus one bonus to one attack right. roll. Perception okay. before, the, no, before the rolling. You have to decide whether yeah. you use the uh, okay. before rolling. Yeah. And you're immune for one hour after that, so you can't cast it on him again. So drawing a weapon is an action, yes? Everything's an action, correct. Okay, so I draw my battle axe from my belt. Okay. I move over there, and I attack using my guidance for the plus one. Plus one, here we go. Except I didn't add the plus one, I just rolled. Yes! You crit. Nice! 20 points of damage. Wow, that is pretty good. That's awesome. It looks nearly dead. It looks like it is in its last throes of life as Thorgrin, like, just walked it in the head, like, right into the skull. But it's a dumb creature and still living. It shouldn't be living anymore. It shouldn't be living anymore, but I think it has another brain in its tail, right? Mm. So Millicent goes, she's on the ground, all her weapons and gear has fallen into the muddy, gross water. What do you do? Well, the good news is I'm wearing a spiked gauntlet, so I'm still armed. Uh, She is going to stand up, so she's not prone anymore. And 
I was going to move into a flank, but you move there. Uh, I am going to... You know, let's just swing twice at it. So I'm just going to swing at it with the spike gauntlet. See if we can finish it off. Millicent is never unarmed. Yep. I should have moved to flank. I was worried that if I'm out no, there, okay. I'm not going to get healed if I get That's crushed That's true. That's sort of place. Oh, rolling Four. terrible. For a 13. I, I feel like if I don't... If I don't hit this thing and kill it, it's just going to kill one of us again. So I feel like this is I the know. only way to go. Bite Gauntlet is agile, so it's still a plus five to hit. Let's see what I can do. Nice. Nice. Yes. Ooh. Nice. A 17. Rolls a 17 for a 22. All right, you kill it. The glory of the kill. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. Mill set. Mill set. You hit Thor Grim. Thor Grim. You do five Woo-hoo. points of damage as you like the first one whiffs, but then the second one you like aim your blow and punch it right in the skull and it thrashes around and then stops moving. And it's finally, finally dead. Excellent. I'm gonna retrieve my shield and my trident. That was an exciting first encounter. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that hell was. yeah. That was. I mean, yeah, Milson definitely picks her uh, it out. And picks her lantern up off the ground as it's casting really strange shadows on everyone, lighting them from underneath. And so she picks that up and uh, picks up her long sword and starts to sort of wipe it off on her leg with all the muck. Huh. Well, nice to get back into it and having killed a croc in huh, 10, 20 years. Well, that was a rough one. I think we got to be very much careful. But that's the big bad. We killed the boss. This is uh, this is the beast that they've been talking about, right? This beast could have. Yeah, eaten. I wonder about. I that. certainly I hope this accurate. is the one, and there's not a bigger one. This beast could have killed. Could have eaten <laughs> this, twenty goblins before. There can't be noticed. something else over there. Uh, but I think um, it is also true that we are here to look for secrets. That's true. One. I think. Nella should check out the West. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, Tales from the Black Lodge. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at rollforcombat.com. You can also find us and play various games on our Discord channel at discord.rollforcombat.com. You've been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember that the producers of Roll for Combat are not responsible for any listeners who begin attending satanic cult meetings after being exposed to role-playing.